Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where we discuss angels and demons, and then Dan Brown tries to sue us for copyright infringement. It's not going to work, Dan Brown. You think he would do it? Tom Hanks. He'd send Tom Hanks. To sue us? To sue. As another character? As another character. Has he ever played a lawyer? He's this. He's on the third movie now. They just did. There's Inferno and Angels and Demons and uh-huh. Da Vinci and then straight to the news because this is how I tie it in. Okay. Talking about Dan Brown. Yeah. Collective consciousness. Dan Brown says to replace God. That's what he says. Author uh-huh. Brown. That's what it said. The author Dan Brown says Origin. This is his new movie. Yeah. Or his new book was inspired by the question: Will God survive science? What do you think, Jeremy? I think he will. And you don't have to buy the book now. I think he created we science. <laughs> we know. Dan Brown says, adding that this has never happened in the history of humanity. It's never happened. Science, religion has never survived science in the history of humanity. What? He says, are we naive? This is it. Are we naive today to believe that the gods of the present, all the gods, will survive and be here in 100 years? Are we that naive? Uh, what god has ever survived 100 years, Jeremy? Can you name one? Yeah. Well. Yahweh. Yeah. Yahweh? Uh, Turning to the future, Brown said technological change in the development of artificial intelligence would transform the concept of the divine. This is what we talked about with the guy from Google who's starting his own religion based around that AI God. It's weird that we literally just talked about this and now Dan Brown is echoing it. He says, we will start to find our spiritual experiences through our interconnections with each other. That's a really old concept that he's just latching on to. He said, forecasting the emergence of some form of global consciousness, or a AI God, Mm -hmm. that will perceive and that becomes our divine. So there you go. Our need for that exterior God that sits up there and judges us will diminish and eventually disappear. So we don't need that God anymore. There's some presupposition in this. Yes. That presupposition being being that God is not real. Yeah. Oh, just a little bit. I mean, it's it's there in a hint. And here's the the audacity of that he has, Dan Brown's made his entire living off of the basis of a God existing because all his books deal with religion. Yeah. I mean, don't don't they deal with the falsity of religion? Sort of, sort of. But even so, like he's saying, oh, I hate this thing that has made me millions of dollars. Yeah. It's silly. Anyways. uh, No, Dan Brown, you will be proven wrong. And in a hundred years, I'll laugh my head off because my head will be completely severed Whoa. and I'll be part of an AI consciousness and oh. I'll still be worshiping. Oh, and yeah. laughing. Yeah, God and laughing. Joyous. Uh, a Settlers of Catan movie is in development at Sony Pictures. Is this the worst idea or the best idea of all time? Well, have you ever played it Settlers? depends on how many uh, hay you have. Yeah, that's true. Hay, wheat. Why? Wheat. Oh, wheat. <laughs> Sorry. I guess hay is not edible. Yeah, why do you want to see somebody horses. make a certain amount of wheat in no, a movie? I, I assume... <laughs> I assume the movie will be based on like some fictional settlers. Do you say settlers or set settlers? Settlers. Uh, settlers. <laughs> <laughs> you do whatever you uh, do, and man. Then, and so I assume, because the movie Battleship, like when they made that movie, I thought it's based on the board game Battleship. What are they going to sure. be about? Aliens. Because the board game yeah. is, of course, about aliens attacking that was, Battleship. That was Duh. a terrible movie. Yeah. And then, but there's other, I, I started typing this in the Google. I was like, stories, you know, movies based on board games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clue, which I completely forgot about. Mm. Right. Yeah, that was pretty good. But that was exactly, I mean, that was a comedy and it was based on loosely on the game. And the Just game the is a story. And, yeah, it is a story. Right. Yeah. Jumanji, which was a completely made up game for a movie. 
yeah. along with Zathura, right? That's just an original movie. Yeah, it's just original. It's not actually in not a, game. a game. They made a game based on it. I think Battleship is the only equivalent here, which means set- yeah. Settlers of Catan movies. Two hours of them trading wheat and two, you know, <laughs> uh, breeding get, sheep. and or Yeah, maybe right. one of the settlers is like, Oh, and he like pulls out five wheat that he that they didn't know he had, and he tricks them like I do all the time. Yeah, that's the best game. Yeah. It's going to be the worst. I'm movie. such an incredible settlers of Catan player. You don't even want to start me. On I that. do want to. No, yeah. I'll destroy you. I will destroy. Stranger you. Things season you. two, October 27th. Is your hype? Is your hype level pretty? Like, are you on the hype train? I didn't know that it was coming up, so I guess I'm not on the hype train oh, enough. But I'm very excited. All aboard! Yeah. Choo choo! All Let's aboard go. the hype train. Tickets accepting tickets. Uh, they revealed the episode titles on Twitter. So here's uh-huh. some of the episode titles. So let's speculate what the episode's about. Mad Max. What is that episode Max. about? Max. Yes, you're right. And he's uh, probably angry. Yep. Trick or Treat Freak. What do you think that one's about? Probably a Halloween episode. Yep. Nailed it. The Polywog. A frog of some sort. Or some or, sort of swampy creature. Oh, the frog creature. Isn't the Polywog from... A frog. No. The Polywog. No. All Will right. the Wise is the next episode. What do you think that one's about? Will. And his wisdom. Being pretty wise. And Dig Dug. <laughs> A hole of some somebody digs a hole. It's based on the video game Dig Dug. Dig Dug, and they so I assume like tunnels, like some creatures digging oh. tunnels. Oh, uh, and then the last episode they revealed. There's three other episodes they didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. The spy, the spy, the spy. That's when you find out one of the moms is really from the this other is, dimension creature. Oh, get no, out of here! Or with the government, Barb. Oh no, Barb. Barb. <laughs> we, that's all we would care about is Barb. We want Barb back. James Gunn had this to say about Thor Ragnarok. I like James Gunn, so I generally uh, appreciate what he says. Mm-hmm. He tell says, me who James Gunn is. I mean, tell the he's listeners. He's the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I tell, I mean, tell the listeners, not that I need to know. <laughs> he says, I don't think any film of the modern era has captured the bat blank. So he curses. He uses a, a filthy, dirty word bat there. Bat crap. Bat crap. Crazy fun of 80s classics like Flash Gordon and Buckaroo Banzai as well as Taika Waititi has done here. So he's talking about Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was 14, watching a magical VHS tape that exploded into something grand. Mm. That's awesome. He wrote, it's the most colorful of our mo- all Marvel films. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is practically sepia tone in comparison. And then he says this, it's also the funniest, which is high praise. Yeah. In the it, words of Nick Cage, that's high praise. We, uh, we laughed our heads off at Volume 2. I know. And if I get... I'm so, I read that quote. We had to put our heads back I'm on. I'm so excited. I know. It's going to be great. And it's soon. It's not. It's very soon. November 3rd. November it's right 2nd. right after November. Stranger Things gets yes. binge watched. Yes. I'm very excited. So uh, we're looking forward to that one. Yeah. I'm going to have uh, to schedule some time. Really quick here. Musk watch. Um, Musk had a fairly quiet week. I Googled Musk. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk as I tend to do every week. Mm-hmm. And all that they had, they didn't have any like big news or anything. Just a talk, a quick interview about his cars. And apparently he has two uh, just gas-guzzling cars. What the? I know. Isn't that, isn't that strange? Like an Avalon. And yeah. It's like Musk is like this onion. And every week we peel back a new layer. Uh-huh. And each week it gets smellier and smellier until we see the AI core of Musk. What, Except, if, what if Musk is an AI robot onion? Wow. Then he, that, wow. Then, he, then you cut him up and put him in a stew. Yeah, I can't. Uh, Bitcoin. Also, Bitcoin is now... Over $5,000 per coin. Man, I'm so glad I bought all those coins yeah, back way in, back in the day. I looked it up. Back in 2012, I think, you could buy one Bitcoin for $12. That was only five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and actually, even two years ago, I looked at my wife and I said, all right, maybe even less than that. I said, hey, let's buy some Bitcoins. They're $375, $375. And she's like, okay, go buy two because we could afford it, you know, at least yeah. to take a risk at that point. And I said, oh, it's too risky. 
shucks. And then I look now and it's five thousand dollars per Bitcoin. And I just want to cry. I just want to cry about it. Well, money is not Money really is fleeting. <laughs> you can't buy money can't buy you love, Jeremy. Or All right. Anything. Let's talk or about the main event. Value. It's what the people want. It's what the people have desired. It's what they've been beg- banging on my door to find out about. Yeah. And the email filling up our, our email box is full. Full. With questions. <laughs> this is false. Angels and demons. Yes. Or in the French, Angels and Demons. <laughs> right? How would you say it if you were French? If I was French, yeah. I'd, Angels. I don't I'd do. Uh, I'm uh, let's talk. All right. Let's talk angels first. Jeremy, what is an angel? What do you think? Well. Have you ever met one? No. Well, I don't know. Have you ever heard that song? I don't think so. In the arms of the angels. I've sung that song. It's so if sad. If you Google my name and that song, my name and that song. Let me be empty. My name and that song. My name find and that song. You will find a YouTube Ooh. video of me. Oh, creepy! <laughs> the arms of the angels, uh, what is an angel? It comes from. We always like to kind of talk about the etymology, especially with Bible stuff, because it, the Bible was written mm-hmm. the New Testaments in Greek and yep. the Old Testaments in Hebrew. So we like to talk about the etymology a little bit. Yep. So it comes from the Greek word uh, angelus, angelus, ang- agalos, angelus. I think uh, it's properly. Agalos. A messenger or delegate, either human or heavenly, mm-hmm. someone sent by God to proclaim his message. So they're messengers. Yes. And the term angel just means messenger, right? Angels are created spiritual beings with moral judgment and high intelligence, but without physical bodies. So that's How do you the know way, that? That's the way, well, we're going to talk about it, Jeremy. Oh. I'm so glad you asked. Good. Jeremy, when you die, do you become an angel? No. Why do people think that? I, uh, few reasons okay popular culture yep but that popular culture is fueled by past history historical culture yes and i think people got the idea that since angels are a thing and we don't understand things that aren't about us we're just like maybe we're the angels yeah uh and then modern wise you've got the uh the mormons actually like that's in their doctrine that uh, that we that we become angels uh, when we're glorified. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's also, like you said, it's in, in nerd culture, this is a huge thing. I, I often joke around that people get all their theology about angels and demons from Supernatural, that social mm. show Supernatural, which is in the 13th season, by the way. It's oh, incredible. Wow. 13th season. Yeah. But it's also, I think it, it puts a really nice spin on things, like Mommy's Little Angel. Mm-hmm. And, and you want to think that they're watching over us, in mm-hmm. a sense, like people who die have nothing better to do with their time than to watch over us. Right. And see how good we're doing, right? Yeah. Because that it's never like, oh, you know, Bobby's watching over us, and it's never like, yeah, but so he saw what you did last night, like, oh, you know, like, yeah, no, he's it's always really disappointed. Yeah, the really good stuff you're doing, he only sees that stuff. Everything else, he's off like bowling or right. whatever you do in heaven, right? Of course, yeah. So no, we do not become angels, all right? We don't get harps, we don't get halos, we don't get wings, we don't get um, other various instruments. No, no, none of that happens. That's not in the Bible. It's important to note that these apply, all of these things. So we're going to talk about angels first, and then we're going to talk about demons. But since demons are just fallen angels, yeah. most of what applies to angels will apply to demons with some exceptions. Yeah, exactly. Which exactly. we'll discuss. Which we'll discuss. Right. So the first thing, which Jeremy said, what? No, where do you get that? Uh, they're created spiritual beings. And Nehemiah 9.6 says, you are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, meaning the angels and demons, uh, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them in the host of heaven 
worships you. So, so everything in heaven was yes. created by God. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. I know. Psalm 148.2 says, praise him, all his angels, praise him, all his heavenly hosts. So they're created mm-hmm. by God. Okay. Colossians 1.16, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. That's very clear. Through him and for him. Right. Right. Not just for themselves to do whatever they want, yeah. to run amok, but, but for God. What if they have a dream of their own self-actualization? Well, one of them did, Jeremy. Oh. His name was Lucifer. Ah. And he had pride, and he wanted to ascend to the highest heaven and be like God. Star of the morning. Star of the morning, and he fell. And that's what we're going to talk about with demons. The next part is they have high intelligence. So they're spiritual beings. They have moral judgment. And then the thing is, the other thing is they have high intelligence. They, I mean, they've been around since the dawn of creation. Yeah, they've learned some stuff. Yeah, they've learned. And they observe, and they learn. Uh, Matthew 28, 5, the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. They know things. Uh-huh. They have wisdom. They have knowledge. They're able to go back and forth in the earth and watch us and learn and all sorts of things. Just to be critical, right? that I think most people would know she was there looking for Jesus because yes. she went to Jesus' tomb. Yeah, but he was sent, right? Right. Yes. Was sent to look, yeah, you critic. <laughs> uh, Acts 12, 6 through 9, this is such a good story. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, so Peter's locked up in prison here. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. Two chains, isn't that a wrapper? <laughs> and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter's side and woke him up. So he, like, kicks him yeah. in the side, yeah. like, hey, hey, wake up, <laughs> saying, get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands, and the angel said to him, gird yourself and put on your sandals. So get some clothes on. Mm-hmm. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Get Put more clothes on. Right. <laughs> and he went out and continued <laughs> to follow. Where are all your clothes, bro? Yeah, what, how many clothing, <laughs> clothing that Peter is not wearing? And he did not know that he, what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Mm-hmm. So the angels uh, have power to move in and out and do things and break chains and all sorts of stuff yeah, they can do. Yeah, chains fall off his hands. Yeah, exactly. And enough sense in their head. I mean, they're intelli- they have some plan going on. Like, come on, let's hurry up. Let's go. Let's do this. You know, let's move yep. around. And then Revelation 4.11, this is uh, the highest intelligence. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being, so they know who God is. When I saw that verse on the outline, I didn't really know what you were getting at. But yeah. yes, that is the highest intelligence. That is the highest intelligence a, a human could have is to worship God and glorify him and, and to recognize him as creator. Yeah. And the angels have witnessed it, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least maybe not creation, but they were there and they see him and they know all he does, right? His rescue plan as we've talked about. Yeah, and you past. see their their holiness is this perfect understanding of the right an outpouring way of the their world knowledge. Works. Yeah, yeah. Of their wisdom and knowledge. And I guess that would be one spot where the demons are completely off, where they're just... Because the, they recognize really them. They, like the Bible says, the demons know the scriptures, they know them, and right. they tremble. Yeah. So they know, they have knowledge, but they don't practice it because they rebelled. Angels and demons do not have physical bodies. And this is vastly important. You wouldn't think it's very important, but this is important, and we'll talk about it in a second. Okay, and I do have a question. But yes. first, the scripture. Hebrews uh, chapter 1 starting in 13, says, And to which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not the angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So last episode, what did we talk about? 
Spirits. I forgot. Ghosts. And yeah. ghosts, right? Uh, and spirits and ghosts don't have physical bodies. Right. Right. They're ministering spirits. And if they can go, if they can be invisible and they can go up to heaven and they can fly around and do all sorts of angel and demony things that they're doing, mm-hmm. they don't have physical bodies. Now, this is important as we talk about stuff like the Nephilim yeah. and Genesis 6 later on. Now, I think I think I know your question. Can I kind of read your mind here for a second? Yes. I think your question is when angels do appear like Sodom and Gomorrah, stuff like that, uh-huh. and they have, seem to have physical bodies. Is that what your, your question was? Yes, specifically Genesis 18 okay. when Abraham feeds. Yeah, the, I, th- the I think messengers. that's a Christophany. Uh, but there's three of them. Yeah. So we'll t- there. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's great. So number, good. Uh, and then the next verse we got here is Numbers, chapter twenty-two, thirty-one. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. I love that passage. Yeah, that's awesome. So Balaam is <laughs> the bad prophet, and he he's kicking his donkey. And yeah. the donkey's like not moving. And then the donkey looks at him and is like, dude, why are you kicking me? Stop. Chill out. Mm. And then his eyes are open and he sees an angel in front. And he's like, oh, that's why the donkey's not moving. Yeah. And Balaam gets off. And as if the donkey wasn't enough to startle him, right? He's like, hey, donkey, do what I say. And the donkey talks and he's like, cool with it. Yeah. But the angel's what gets him, right? Uh, yeah. Just stop the podcast right now and go read Numbers chapter 22. My yeah. goodness. It's All really, right. really good. Uh, in Second Kings chapter 6. Uh, it says, and Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opens, opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So the whole, the whole point of those verses, and there's many, many more verses I could have put down there, right. is that they don't have bodies that can be seen mm-hmm. by earthly eyes. Right. There has to be some sort of spiritual unveiling that takes place for us to see them. That's why, as Jeremy and I even talk right now, there could be angels we could be entertaining angels unaware. Awesome. And, the Bi- and the Bible says you have entertained angels unaware. And it's almost this idea that angels are kind of uh, there to inspect. Hmm. And they come to you in a time of need or they come to you as a homeless person or any, you know, all these different ideas that, that angels come to you. And it's almost like a test. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's not like that, but it's, you know, they're there and you're entertaining them. That's what the Bible says. Right. right? Um, so you never know who you're encountering. Yeah. And I guess there is this distinction where they could appear to have bodies. Yes. Which we see regularly in scripture, but that doesn't mean that they have a physical body like you and, and I, because yeah. that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Yeah. They're not. So the, the issue with angels is they're not humans right. and there, there's nowhere where it talks about them being made in the image of God. That's why humans are so distinct mm-hmm. is because we are made in God's image. Yeah. That's why when Jesus dies for humanity, he doesn't die for the angels. Mm hmm. He would have to have taken on the form of an angel to redeem the angels. That's why there's no redemption for demons. Hmm. Well, then are you tying our physical form to the idea of being created in the image of God? Yeah, oh, I was. I think there's something very important about the incarnation. Why did Jesus have to become a man? Why did he have to look like us, take on our, a real soul, a real body, all that stuff? Yeah, but then a real mind. But I'm, I guess I'm going backwards the other way. Yeah. So is the image of God something that? So God didn't become like a man, and then we were the image of God. We were created in the image of God. And yeah. I, I always thought that had to do with our uh, rationality and our... I think that's part of it, creativity, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, But I don't think that's the, the fullness of it. There's a physical element. Yeah. All I right. think there's absolutely... That, that's why our bodies are so important. That's why in the resurrection, our bodies don't stay on the ground. Because if the bodies weren't important, 
our souls would be the only thing we needed. Yeah. But we need the bodies for some reason. That's when we're complete. I, I'll, I'll admit I have like a natural pushback on that that yeah. I'm still trying to wrestle with because I come from a Mormon upbringing. Yeah. And the, uh, the idea that the image of God is two arms, two legs, and a head. Like that's what they think the image of God means when it says we're made in his image. Well, because they think he has a physical body yeah, to begin yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, So, all right. I, exactly, I hear exactly what you're saying. Yeah. The issue is God is spirit. Right. And we worship in a spirit and in truth. Right. Yes. So I, when I say image of God, I don't think it means like my arms and legs and head mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think the way he made us in his image, male and female, because we wouldn't say God's a female. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but from all of time, he's known as father, son and spirit. And it says in the image of God. So whatever that means right. is something to do with humanity. Yeah. Right. Now, I think you can just say. Well, creativity and love and all the things, reason and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I think the physical aspect does play a part in it to some degree yeah. in the way we look and why we are like this. The I've complexity no, of us. Yeah, I have no idea which writing this is from. But C.S. Lewis says somewhere, like, God loves matter. Like, he created yeah. it and he loves it. And that's, like, there's something about his creation that he really Yeah, digs. and, and the, <laughs> the big issue about this is this is Gnosticism. The whole point of Gnosticism was that the hidden knowledge was that we needed to separate from the body, completely toss out the body, because that was wicked and evil. And Christianity says, no, 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 the body is precious, but it's fallen. And so Jesus had to come as a man to redeem the fallen image and redeem the body in many ways. And that's just that understanding that there will be physical existence for all time after everything is perfected. Yeah, but I think the issue with angels, when we talk about angels, is that people... Picture them just as normal humans. Uh-huh. When in scripture, as we're going to talk about in a second, they don't, they're ne- not like normal humans at all. Yeah. Like they do stuff that we can never even dream about doing. And they have wings and weird faces and all sorts of stuff. So I think, I think there's almost a, when we, when we see them in scripture with physical like bodies, mm-hmm. I think there's some way that they can metamorph, you know, like change their appearance in yeah. many ways. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Speculation. Uh, there's, so the names of the angels. They're called the sons of God, the holy ones, the spirits, watchers, thrones, dominions, principalities, authorities, and powers. So those are some of the the buzzwords that if you're reading scripture and you hear those, they don't always mean that, mm-hmm. right? Sons of God doesn't always mean that. Watchers don't always mean that. But those are some of the terms used. Yeah. But those dominions, principalities, and authorities, I think a lot of people think that is only demons, but it's not. You've got to look at the context Angels to see what they're as talking well. about. Michael is called the, one of the chief princes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So there's specific types. The first type is the cherubim, and they're given the task of guarding the entrance to the Garden of Eden. It says this, after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. That's in early Genesis. I think a lot of people think the cherubim holds the sword. It doesn't say that. It just says there's a cherubim there and then a flaming sword that flashes around. So I think it's a floating flaming sword that just kind of... (laughs) I have an image of that from some TV show or movie. Maybe a floating sword and something. Anyway, I don't know. Awesome. Bible man, <laughs> sword in the stone. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> uh, Psalm eighteen ten says he mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. Ezekiel's vision of the wheels in Ezekiel ten talks about all this. Uh, he says each one had four faces and each one had four wings, and beneath their wings was the form of human hands. It's almost this idea like like that God's presence rides on the back of the cherubims, like yeah. they're his chariot. And it's really, really cool. The cherubim are also the sculptures inside the Holy of Holies, right? In the temple. Oh, the, te- the Ark of the Covenant. Yes. Yes. They yeah. guard the In ark. between 
That's the mercy seat yeah. in between the cherubims. Okay. But that's where the Spirit of God rests. Right. right. Next one is the seraphim. That's in Isaiah 6, 2 through 3. The seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two, he covered his face. And with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. It's almost like since they're in the presence of God the whole time, not they cannot be seen by his glory at all. Yeah. So they have to be covered by their wings. It's almost like protective. you know. The next part is the rank and names. This is uh, Michael the archangel in Jude 9. Uh, he's called one of the chief princes in Daniel 10, 13. This implies if he's one of them, yeah. it implies there are multiple. And, and it almost is this idea in Daniel that he is a prince that goes out and he went, he goes out and fights and, you know, goes around. They have like the ter- their territories almost. Yeah. He talks about it being the angel of Persia or something. Yeah. Like yeah. And there's like territories where there's other princes. And if there were good princes, now this could be, I could be absolutely wrong on this. <laughs> if there are good princes, there could be bad princes, like bad demons that fell. Well, he says were, he's fighting someone. Yeah. That were higher up though. Right. Like if his Mark, if Michael's like the archangel, who's going to lead right. the armies of the Lord, like, then it had to be a higher up demon that was fighting and, you know, and well, and then he calls another angel and there's another one to help and whatnot. Well, and so. we know it's not like the worst angels became demons because yeah. uh, Lucifer is star of the morning. Like, yeah. He's talked to be talked about uh, as being something that was glorious and, and fell gloriously. Yeah. And so in Revelation 12, seven through nine, it says, and there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon, the dragon and his angels waged war and they were not strong enough. There it is. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So the way Revelation, I, I just read this not too long ago. There's a wonderful blog post I read where it talks about Revelation has to be read as cycles. And so it starts out, and it goes, and this will happen to the end. And then you go backwards, and you mm. re- read it through again. And it's almost like different accounts of the end Oh, wow. Like seven times. And it's really, it, when you read it like that, it makes so much sense. Reading huh. it, so it's it's seven different ways to look at the end times happening seven times. It's really, really cool. Right. So uh, if you if you pick up Revelation tonight and you want to read it after you're listening to this, read it like that. Seven different accounts of the end seven different times. It's really, really cool. And Dang. it makes so much more sense. Can you post a link to whatever that yeah. is? Yeah, I'll try, our, to find, I'll try to find the article. Yeah, we'll put it on our Facebook um, page. So, so this is what's happening. Angels uh, are fighting angels and demons and whatnot. Uh, the only other angel mentioned in scripture is Gabriel, mm-hmm. who you may know mm-hmm. coming up here at Christmas, because Gabriel's mentioned in Daniel eight sixteen and nine twenty one, and he's the messenger who comes to Zachariah and Mary yeah. and talks to them. Yeah, uh, which is really cool. He says, "I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God." I love that because Zachariah he he questions them. This is like one of my favorite parts. The, the angels. They got to have some humor, man. They got to have some humor because Zachariah goes, how can this be since I'm an old man? And Gabriel goes, yeah, nice to meet you, old man. And I'm Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God. Now you stop yeah. talking, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's like, hey, you be quiet for a little bit. Let me talk. Don't mm-hmm. talk back to an angel. You know, like um, it's awesome. And on the other side of that, we just talked about the angels covering their eyes and their feet yeah. in the presence of God. And here, this this angel, Gabriel, says he stands in the presence of God. People don't stand in the presence of God. like that. So he's high up. He's So Gabriel's probably one of the princes as well, yeah. one of the chief angels. Right. right. So here's some misunderstood angel facts. Let's go back and forth. So you read one and I'll read one. Okay. So misunderstood angel fact number one. Yep. They are not omnipresent. Now what does omnipresent mean? Everywhere. Everywhere. Who is omnipresent? Only God. Only God. 
people always think that. Like people think, and this is true. So if it's a true of an angel, it's true of a demon. Right. If if angels aren't omnipresent, they can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. Then neither can Satan. Yeah. And so you can't every time you know you do something bad, you can't go. Well, the devil made me do it. No, yeah. he didn't. Yeah. Because. He sure didn't. Nope. <laughs> Maybe one time he did, <laughs> but you can't blame him every time. He's got more. He's doing other nasty, evil things yeah. than watching out for you and your, you know. The devil's probably working the big scale things, and you at your yeah. computer is not in yeah. the devil's big plans. Yeah. So, so you know, me. the devil, he's not omnipresent. And that's a comfort also for those who, if you're scared of this kind of stuff, or, like that's a, that's a comfort, yeah. right? He, he can't be everywhere at once. I've, a friend of mine uh, constantly says, there's something where we're, we're supposed to worry about the, uh, the devil, the, our flesh, and something else. I forgot the other thing. The world? <laughs> and the world. Yes. And he said, uh, my flesh is so in the way. The devil and the world are just going to have to wait because <laughs> yeah. it's it's all me. Like if I only have time to focus on just fighting my own propensity for sin. Yeah, that's true. Those are the Good three luck, things devil we, and world, because I'm against. not coming. Uh, the next thing is there are numerous angels. Numerous angels. So if you think if you think there's tons of demons, there are numerous angels. Yeah. Hebrews twelve twenty two says, "But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the living God, mm. the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable." angels in festal gathering they're having a blast they're having a good time yeah right the angels love to party because it says that whenever a, a, a believer comes to accept you know to to know christ right and you know abandons the old man the old man of sin is dead that the angels throw a celebration in heaven yeah that's awesome it's cool to think it's cool to think that there was a party for me and there was a party for you yeah and when you see a baptism of a new convert in your church feel free to holler out yeah like yeah, let's, let's clap a little this, bit. Uh, this little, uh, oh, that's wonderful, or just silent tears. Come on. This is amazing. Come on. Let's have some fun. Jeez let's, Louise. Let's, let's clap a little bit. Next uh, one. Yeah. The, the question arises, do people have guardian angels? Everyone. Every, I've, yeah, everyone has to have one, right? There's, they're innumerable. Yeah, they're innumerable. Uh, unfortunately, there's no solid concrete evidence to this. There is, there's a lot of verses, like there's two, there's two key ones where like Peter is said to have an angel Mm-hmm. With him, I mean, Peter's kind of a big deal, right? He's, okay, he's an apostle. Uh, the, rock the other the thing is, like, there's little kids that come to Jesus, and he says, "Not one of their angels in heaven." But the idea is that the angels are in heaven mm-hmm. and they're watching over, right? But then you say, "Well, what happened when that believer got stabbed by a you know a tribesman over in a tribe in Africa, and they stabbed him? Was the angel just taking a break?" Right, right. The whole the whole point is that angels do watch out for us. And they do protect us. Like mm-hmm. specifically, we see that all throughout Scripture. God sends His angels to protect His people and fight for His people. Right. But you know, does Heath have a specific angel? I mean, my angels work in overtime. If that's the case, you know. <laughs> well, and your angel, your guardian angel, uh, is not an angel. It's the living God. Yeah. So he can do anything and stop yeah. anything he and wants. And is omnipresent time. and is omnipowerful. Whatever that word is, omnis, omnipotent. There it yeah. is. Uh, so yeah, trust God. Like don't. Don't worry about what your angel's doing. Your angel's doing whatever God tells him to do. Yeah. So here's the 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 kind of the proof verse. It comes from Psalms ninety Psalm ninety one eleven through twelve. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Hmm. And uh, it's important to know that that's the verse Satan also uses to try to get Jesus to throw himself off the temple mount. Yep. So you know it's important to keep that in mind. Yep. All right. The next one there are the Nephilim angels. 
So this is from Genesis six. Yeah, run us through. What so are so the, in Genesis six, there's for this, the listeners. Yeah, yeah. So in Genesis six, like this is the classic. Ever, I'm in I'm in seminary right now. Yeah. In almost every single seminary class, it doesn't matter what the seminary class is on. Somebody inevitably asks this question: Who were the Nephilim in Genesis six? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't give any explanation. It just says. And the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And you go, well, on on the earth in those days? Like, what are you talking about? Who are these people? Because they come out of the blue. And it says, and they saw the son, the the daughters of the sons of men, and they liked what they saw. And so they, you know, married them, whatever. Um, And people go, well, that must be, they must be angels or demons intermarrying with women, with humans. And now, because it says these were the men of renown, the heroes of old. Right. Like they're imbued with powers. Yeah, like they're imbued with certain powers and whatnot. And people go, well, that must be the case. Now, I constantly, constantly bang my head against this with people saying angels because nowhere in Scripture does it show this ever happening again. Right. Right. And people go, oh, well, that's why the flood had to happen because God had to wipe them out. But it's almost like God just like lost track of what he was doing. He goes, oh, my word, my angels have gone down there and start. Why didn't I stop this? Here okay. they are breeding with the Here humans. Here they are. Oh, no, yeah. right? And the other thing, too, is it specifically says in Scripture, in Luke, um, it's Matthew twenty two thirty and Luke 20, 34, 36. I'm dropping this so you can go check. Uh-huh. It says angels do not marry. Right. And they're not given in marriage like you are. So there's something unique about the marriage between a man and a wife mm-hmm. and the marriage contract and what that represents of Christ in the church. Yep. Because angels don't do it. It doesn't tell us how, you know, it doesn't tell if, if Gabriel and Michael are best friends. It doesn't tell us if they have mothers and father angels, right? It doesn't say any of that. Yeah. So we have no reason to believe that they marry or any of that stuff. That's, you know, it doesn't make sense. And also, this is why I said it's so important that they have spiritual bodies and not physical bodies. Mm-hmm. Spiritual bodies can't do, you know, marry, married stuff, things. okay? <laughs> they can't have sex. Yeah. They can't. Uh, that's very important. It's mm-hmm. very important because there are things that make a human human that they don't have. Right. Right. And, and also, if they're in the presence of God or, or they're demons or whatever, why on earth would they even want to do that? I don't even think they have genitalia. Okay. Yeah. It's well, just, it well, blows they, my mind. They don't have physical bodies. Now, they could like appear uh, in physical bodies, but remember, they're, they, they're holy with God. Yeah. Like, these are uh, messengers of God. They only do God's will. They don't have like other things that they're like, well, yes. I'd also like to. And no. if they're, and if they're demons doing this, what, why? Right. Like, and why did they stop? Yeah. Just because God said, no, don't do that anymore. Like right. there was why, a flood and yeah. Remember that? Well, why did he do it? In the, why did he allow it in the first place? It doesn't make any sense. The, yeah. the most practical reading of that is it's this, the holy line, mm-hmm. the sons of Seth, mm-hmm. which you can trace all the way up to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? The sons of Seth are marrying with the unholy daughters of men, right? The, the unholy side. And that's a no-no. And that's what leads the holy line into the bad line. And that's why the world's wiped out because yeah. the world gets so evil and all that stuff. It gets yeah. polluted. So, All right, the next, uh, the misunderstood angel fact, number five, what do we got? They have lots of power, Yep, but it's not infinite. It's not infinite. Right. They can't do everything. No. This this ties in with omnipresent. Um, if an, like there's an, There's a specific moment where I can't remember who it is, but he ba- starts bowing to the angel. He starts worshiping the angel, mm-hmm. and the angel freaks out. <laughs> I mean, like it's, the, it's one of the only times an angel like is not cool. Yeah, and he goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop, stop! Please, no, stop! Do not bow to me! Do not bow! Like, whoa, chill out! Yeah, like, yeah, stop!" He, I think he says, "I'm a servant of God." Just yeah, like he you. says, "I'm just like you, bro. Right. Like, I'm a servant of God. We're on the same team here. 
Do not bow to me. I love how all your angels and donkeys and everything are always They're like, like real chill. Bro. They're like, dude, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're chill, man. They're real chill. Uh, but he does that. And so they're not all powerful. Like, if they're battling with other demons, they can't just zap other demons and demons can't zap. You know, they can't do all this stuff that we people think they can. Right. Once again, in the show Supernatural, if you have no clue what I'm talking about, just bear with me. These demons and these angels can basically do whatever the heck they want. Yeah. They can just teleport. They can show up in places. They can read minds. They can... I mean, they can do all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. and that's not it's not biblical. Mm-hmm. It's not biblical. They can only do what God allows them to do. Yeah, only. All right. So uh, this is an important question: When were angels and demons created? So we we actually had a uh, past episode where we kind of looked at each other and we were we we mentioned this really quick, mm-hmm. but we never touched on it. Um, somewhere between before day six of creation. Yeah. So probably between Genesis one thirty one and Genesis three one. That's when the rebellion happens. Yeah. And and the funny thing is that between Genesis one and Genesis three, there's like so much time that could happen. Uh, that that's why there's issues between the day. This there's yeah. old Earth creationists and new Earth creationists and seven day people. You know all this stuff. The thing you need to know is that God made it all in seven days. Very good. Yeah. Right. My my opinion. Yes. Which is based on very little looking into it. Yeah. But just a gut is uh, Genesis one one. God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. I think the heavens. Right yeah, there it, with it, the heavenly host. Yes, it would make it would make absolute sense. I think you're right. I think he did that. And then I think right around the time of the temptation of Eve, I think that's either before the fall or right around the time that the war in heaven is going on when he was cast down, right? Oh, Does like you think sense? maybe he was cast down well, as part of the curse? Well, it doesn't make sense. It's a double curse, yeah. right? Because if he was already cast down to, to earth and then all of a sudden he did the thing with Eve... And then God cursed him a second time. Huh. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So maybe that was the start of the rebellion. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. It's speculation. I assume point. that someday we will know, and that'll be awesome. I assume you're right. Uh, so so let's go into demons then. When, what is a demon? Comes from once again the etymology. Comes from daemonion, or mm-hmm. daemon, which is a fallen angel, an evil spirit, a heathen deity. Now that last one is really interesting because. I don't think people think about this like this way. So yeah. we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, the first part there is Satan is seen as the originator of sin. That's right. So he is the first sinner, the first root rebel. And this is, you know, in Paradise Lost. I don't know if you've ever read Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like Satan is this, you know, poor little rapscallion. And he just wanted to, you know, oh, he's just, he's an anti-hero. And he wanted, you know, Lucifer is made into this. No. Yeah. No, he is a rebel. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Bible says that if you are a child of the devil, you are just like him. You lie and you, I mean, Jesus calls people, uh, you say, says, you know, to the Pharisees, you are, you are the fa- your father is the devil. Yeah. Or get behind me, Satan. Get behind get me, Peter. Satan, right? Yeah. Uh, so he's not some anti-hero. He's not some, you know, you know, anti-hero swashbuckler who everybody likes and stuff. No, he's a, he's a, he would kill you if he could. He hates all things that are good. Yeah. Tempts Eve to sin in the garden, starts the whole nasty process. John eight forty four, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. So now, don't take this as they're on equal planes. Like one's a father of evil, and one's a, there's not a good god and a bad god. That's right. a that's an old heresy. Dualism. That's dualism. Yep. That's Marcion, and he called you know he thought there was a demiurge. The old god of the Old Testament was nasty and vile, and Jesus is the new god of the New Testament. That's not what we're saying. Yep. Satan has no power over God. Absolutely zero right. power. Oh, God. And you can see that in the intro to Job if you go and read that. Yes. Uh, he was a murderer from the beginning. This is Jesus speaking once again. 
He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand the truth because there is no truth in him. No truth in him. Mm-hmm. When he speaks, uh, he lies. He speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So the very first lie was, did God really say? Yeah. Did God really say? Mm-hmm. And this is a lie that we, we see. He, he hasn't learned any new tricks Yeah. because this is still the same lie. Well, does the Bible really say? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what Jesus really said? Yeah. Why it's couldn't same, it be interpreted this way? It's the same thing we see today. Yeah. And he and it's sad. It's so sad that the same lie that got our first parents still gets us today. Yeah. That same stupid lie. Did God really say? That's why he still uses it. It's effective. Yeah. Number three, limited in their power, just like the angels. We talked about that. They're under God's control. Jeremy hinted at Job. If you go to the first part of Job, Satan has to go present himself before God. Mm-hmm. So even the demons uh, back in the Old Testament, in some ways, had to present themselves before God. And Satan goes and, and says, hey, hey uh, uh, you know, you know, well, actually, God mentions Job first, right. which is interesting. What do you think of my servant he Job? He says, uh, hey, Satan, what do you think of my servant Job there? What do you think? And he goes, yeah, yeah, he's only like that because, um, you know, you've given him all this nice stuff. Let me take his nice stuff. Right. And God says, okay, take his nice stuff. And mm-hmm. Satan says, okay. <laughs> and then it happens immediately. It's yeah. quick. Yeah. Right. At least in the story, it's quick. And then he goes back and, you know, oh, foiled again. Right. And he goes, hey, have you considered my servant Job? And he's like, yeah, but that's because you didn't harm, you know, and he goes through the process. Right. Oh, Job is so good. You got to go read the story of Job. But Satan can only do what God allows. And this is a really quick, it's really important to say right now that God's sovereignty is over all things. Mm-hmm. And so everything that comes to pass on earth, both good and bad, are under God's control. Yes. Absolutely under God's control. And you may say, well, that's awful then because all these evil things happen. If God is not, God, so let's say my wife passed away. Mm-hmm. If God was not in control of that, then I would have no hope. Yeah. Because then, then the world just moves on a whim. And any horrible thing could happen any wonderful time. And my wife's passing would have had no purpose or value to it. Right? And God can have no idea what the end game is, exactly. even though he's made all these promises but about if, the end. But if God's in control of, of all things that come to pass, mm-hmm. then there is a beautiful, masterful plan that is going to take place yeah. as we've we've seen. I mean, as you, we see through Scripture and as we are continuing to see in our normal everyday lives. Yeah. And there's endless hope because we know the end of the story. And it's not because everything's going to be peachy keen. That's true. Yeah. But it's because God is going to have his way, and God, being perfect, will have a perfect way. Yeah, he's the, he's the greatest author of all time, yeah. and his book is, you know, he's publishing peace, is how the Bible says it. Yep, so. and the, uh, the evil in the Hot world... Hot off the presses. <laughs> the evil in the world, we will see how that all fits into a perfect good story. Yeah, even Satan. That's right. This is a big one for me. Yes. So they cannot read our minds, yes. and they are not omnipresent. Yeah. So they're not everywhere, but more importantly, I think is they can't tell what you're thinking. No. You can give them all kinds of clues with your body language and things that you half say, or they're going to be observant if they're bothering with you. Yeah. Which are probably not. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not that important. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they don't have that power. Only God knows the hidden things, right? It's that The Bible says that God knows men's hearts. Mm-hmm. He knows the hidden things in men's heart. And if you watch Jesus in the New Testament, he knows where people have been. Yeah. He knows what they're up to. Mm-hmm. Right, I think it's uh, Philip or Nathaniel, and he says, "Oh, I saw you underneath the tree," and he's like, "What?" Well, well, and he, t- he yeah, like always knows what people are thinking. He always knows, and it says like knowing what they were saying, mm-hmm. and it constantly catches people off guard. Like, did he hear us? That he, you know, right? Uh, the thing with demons, they're just observers, and if they're invisible, mm-hmm. same thing with angels, they can see and hear what we're doing. Right. The the in in Peter, he talks about how angels long to look 
upon what God is up to. Yeah. Like they don't know everything that God's doing. So you can imagine when you read the Christmas story and you imagine him, you know, God looking at Gabriel going, go down to Mary, go down to Zachariah. Mm-hmm. And, they, and Gabriel's like, what, what is this? Wait, is this happening? Is this the moment? You know? And mm-hmm. that's why the angels are outside in the field and there's a bunch of, you know, shepherds and the angels all of a sudden appear on they're like sweet let's go let's sing let's go you know because yeah, they've been reading the old jazz. testament <laughs> they're so excited they know exactly all the pieces are falling into place and they've been waiting for this day yeah forever and so you read the christmas story in that and you're like oh this i'm jazzed with the end this is so exciting uh and so they angels if they're watching over us if they're taking protecting us and stuff mm-hmm. they they rejoice over our salvation yeah because they don't know just as we don't know, we don't know who the elect are. We don't know, so they rejoice over us, and they rejoice in God's plan and how, what He's doing, grace and how He works in our lives. It's just awesome. Yeah, to think about. It. So demons don't know. If you see a medium, mm-hmm. like um, I know there's lots of mediums on TV and stuff like that. Was that one guy? Yeah, the show forever. There's uh, John. And he could talk to the dead. I know exactly what you're talking well, about. No, he couldn't. He could pretend to yeah. talk to yeah. the dead. Yeah, yeah, pretend to talk to the dead. <laughs> um, those have been proven time and time again to be two things. One, they're getting prior information from the audience or they're, you know, gleaning information. It's pretty easy to sit in a crowd and go, who here lost a father? Right. And then you look around, you know, and you go, and his name started with J. You know, and then yeah. inevitably somebody like, my, my dad was name was John. Oh, yes, I'm getting him right now, you know. <laughs> so it's always a it's always a crapshoot. Yeah. Uh, but the same thing with demons. If a demon's following me around and watching me brush my teeth and watching what I ate for lunch or breakfast, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden somebody comes up to me and goes, did you eat pancakes for breakfast? I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> I did eat pan- How did she know that, right? Uh, and they think they're legitimately contacting the spirit world or something. They think they're doing that. And so right. they're hearing things or getting some knowledge from demon. Mm. It's just basic knowledge, right? right? right. So, so the next part there, this is differing stages, stages of demonic activity. So we're going to talk about Old Testament, uh, the ministry of Jesus, and then in our present age. Okay. And that's how we're going to end this whole kit and caboodle. Cool. So in the Old Testament, is re- they're represented as false gods. Like if you look in the Old Testament, you're not going to see a lot of demonic activity. Mm-hmm. But listen to this. Deuteronomy 32, 16 through 17 says, they stirred him, this is, they're stirring God. They stirred God to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations they provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to gods they had never known, to new gods that had come recently whom their fathers had never dreaded. Yeah. And so he's saying, listen, all those false gods, Baal, ba- Baal, and all those other good, a- Ashtara, mm-hmm. all those gods they worship, those are demons. Right. Those are just false demons. Yeah. So the gods of the Egyptians that could do you know, minor little wonders and minor little things here, like mm-hmm. the magicians, you know, they replicate, try to replicate things. Yeah. Those are just demons. Yeah. And eventually they hit a point where they go, yeah, we can't do this. Like, like the demons are like, yeah, we can't do that. You know, yeah. So, so I think all these, all the gods today, are just demons hmm. that people worship, right? Like, so Allah would be, you know, and and the, all the Hindu gods and stuff. I think they're just demons who are trying to get a little bit of worship from God, pull people away. Yeah, and if that sounds crazy to you, like if you want to be all coexist, <laughs> yeah, like, like understand the goal of the demon is to make sh- sure that people don't submit themselves to Christ. Yeah. So if they can get you to submit to uh, to Allah or anybody. I don't know what the Hindu gods' names are. Yeah. Moshu. Well, three million of them or whatever the, the last testament was. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, it doesn't have to be like sacrificing your children. Like they don't need you to go that far to have accomplished what they're trying to do. 
But speaking of sacrificing yeah, children, speaking. Psalm 106, 35 to 37, but they mixed with the nations and learned to do as they did. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters, to the demons. Yeah. I have heard numerous reports and read numerous reports about abortion clinics where Satanists will go in afterwards or you stay outside even and they'll have satanic meetings and they'll dedicate the babies that were killed to Satan. And I'm not trying to get real dark or creepy here. I'm just, I want you to realize this is real. This is not fake what is happening. And if a demon could have an abomination where somebody would sacrifice a child to them, that's like the ultimate abomination of what God's, all about yeah. right about life mm-hmm. paul confirms all of this in first corinthians ten twenty. he says no i imply that what pagans sacrifice they offer to demons and not to god i do not want you to be participants with demons yeah when we were in london we had a mission trip to london and we went to a hindu temple mm-hmm. and the uh the hindu priest or i don't know what they're called the, the guy who's in charge of the temple mm-hmm. offered us food now, this is food. This is directly what Paul's talking about. This is food offered to idols. Right. That they're fake gods that they think. And so they're, they're food offered to demons. Mm. And he says, now here, have this food that we offer to demons. Now you go eat it. And we said, no, thank you. No, thank you. Right. Because that's, that's food offered to demons. Why would Christians partake of that? Yeah. But this is happening all around the globe. It's happening all around the world. And Christians tend to be just completely blinded to it. Like yeah. we just think, oh, that's just little statues and stuff. No, those that's demonic activity really happening, really influencing those people yeah. to have some sort of spiritual emotion or you know movement going on. Over, I mean, you go over in Africa and you ask you ask missionaries over in Africa or over in foreign countries if demons exist, they will they will go, yeah. You, how on earth do you not see that? Right. Because this is very present over in countries where there's. Um, all sorts of you know weird pagan practices going on taking place. And if you just go with the best worst case scenario, the best is that you're choosing to offer worship to something that yeah doesn't deserve your just worship, a statue, something made by hands. And at worst, there's a demonic presence and a demonic force behind that that is very that you're worshiping <laughs> to g- accept your that you're worship. partaking in yeah. demonic is, activity. Is happy to have you serve them, which is not not good. Uh, the next part is during Jesus' ministry. So that's the Old Testament. Yeah. During Jesus' ministry, during the Old Testament times, demons sort of did whatever they wanted. So in the Old Testament, they just kind of do whatever they They're being worshipped. They're mm-hmm. being, uh, they're, they're having their way, yeah. right? Doing whatever they want. Now in the New Testament, Jesus shows up. Now this is, this is so great. In Mark one twenty seven, it says, and they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. It's like God showed up. Yeah. Not only do they does he command them, yeah. but they listen to yeah. him. We uh, we just learned. We just kind of chained them up and left them by caves. Uh, we just put them by cemeteries and graves, mm-hmm. uh, or we kind of use them. Right? There's in Acts, they're using that girl. Yeah. Um, and so the demons would. I don't like the word possessed. But they would kind of control some people, or they would they would affect them with illnesses. Afflict, maybe. yeah, afflict them, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus shows up, and he's just cleaning house, literally, and he, literally. And he even tells a parable about a strong man yeah. that's in a house, and he says that strong man, before you come in the house, you got to bind him, and once you bind him, then you can clean the house, right? Yeah. So that passage is in Matthew twelve. It says, yeah. uh, but but if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, this is when the Pharisees are accusing him of using of, demonic of, powers. They accuse the Son of God of being 
part of demonic activity. Right. They're saying he casts out demons by demons. Blasphemous. Then the kingdom of God has come upon you. How can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. So in that, this, Satan is the strong man. Jesus is coming in, binding him first, and then, uh, and then taking whatever he wants from Satan's yeah. dominion. Yeah, when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God is here, he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm overthrowing, I'm, I'm kicking out, I'm cleaning the house, baby. Yeah. This is it. And so it go, we move from the Old Testament, where demons are kind of running muck. The New Testament, where Jesus is now cleaning house, and he's going to give that to us, to his people. Yeah, and you, demons see Jesus approaching and cry out to him. It's not like Jesus catches them. And he's like, hey, I see you, demon. They're drawn to him. They're like, they, oh my gosh, what are yeah, you doing yeah, here? Yeah, hey, be cool, be cool to <laughs> us. What are you going to do? Don't don't kill us. Don't hurt us, right? Yeah, but whatever you do, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, I'll just do it. And he does, and they do it yeah. immediately. Yeah. Can uh, I go into the pigs? Yeah. I guess. I guess. <laughs> Luke 4.18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus reading, quoting from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Mm -hmm. So Jesus comes along and he's releasing people from de demonic control. He's curing people who are, have epilepsy, who are under a spirit of epilepsy. Yeah. All these other things, blindness and you know all these things that are happening, Jesus is healing people. And these are even Christians. One of them says a, a daughter of Abraham, right, who is a believer, and she has been affected by a demon that would cripple her over and right. would send her over things. And so he, Jesus is healing her yeah. from that. Take, and he is, so he's taking, he is the king showing up to take over his world, to take his people, set his captives free. Yeah, and when you're reading the New Testament, don't miss the story that is being told in the historical story. Yeah. Because Jesus is coming in and he is, like, he's king. And he's king over not just the people that are around him that are attempting to reject him and then finally crucify him. He's king over the demons that are approaching him. Like there's no, you see, uh, man, if you get the chance to listen to Ligon Duncan preaching at the Together for the Gospel conference in 2014. Maybe. <laughs> no, it is 2014. <laughs> the message is called Gospel by Numbers. I'll put this on our Facebook page as well. Great. Uh, he talks about like Jesus comes in the law says if someone touches an unclean person, they become unclean. But Jesus comes in as constantly touching the unclean, and he doesn't become unclean, but they become clean. Yeah. Because he is different than anything else that has come before uh, because he's the living God. And him touching the unclean and taking those things, that's a direct prophecy from Isaiah 53 yeah. saying by our our, you know, our illnesses, his, you know, wounds and stripes, and he's taking all of, ah, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Go read Isaiah 53, and if you do not see Jesus there, 800-something years almost before Jesus came on the scene, it's like a perfect, it's it's like a script yeah. reading about him. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. By his stripes we are healed. So the next thing is now the new covenant age. What about now? What about now? So what about now? You're asking, what about now? What about in my pre present day? I am day? asking that. That's what you're asking. <laughs> this. So going back to real quick, I don't like the possessed idea. Uh, in, in our day and age, like we have the movie Exorcist and all this stuff, we have mm -hmm. this idea that demons can jump into bodies uh, fallen with Denzel Washington. I really enjoy that movie, but in that movie, there's a demon who can just hop from body to body. It yeah. doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, he's, he can just take it over. He's totally in charge. Totally in charge. Human uh, yeah. interference has means ultimate nothing. control. No, I mean, nothing can stop him, right? That's an awesome movie. Um, it is a really good true. movie. It's not true. <laughs> so this is, uh, the better word is control or affliction. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because as a Christian, can we ever be possessed by a demon? No. If we have the Holy Spirit in our in our hearts, we have the strong man. Yeah. There's no way a demon could kick out the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's not going to happen. 
So there's no way. Now we can be afflicted or come under demonic oppression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had I've had moments in my life where I felt like I was under demonic attack, or at least like you know just everything is going wrong. People are being sick in my family, and everything just a wave of something is hitting me right. at this moment. But they're not coming into you. No, they're not coming into me. They're into your soul. It's almost like a job situation right. yeah. where they are being allowed to affect other variables, other things happening or afflictions um, and hit people, right? Hit people with something to test them or to try to do something. We don't know why, right? right. We don't know why. Right. In Luke 10, 17 through 18, it says the 72 returned with joy. So Jesus sends out 72 disciples. Mm-hmm. They return with joy and they say, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. So he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So there's a distinctive triumph that takes place during Jesus' ministry at the cross, at the empty tomb, and after Pentecost. There's something where the strong man is now bound, Mm -hmm. and he does not have... Satan and the demons do not have as much power as they did prior to Jesus. Yeah, And they've seen the end. They've seen the end. So now that it's... Revelation is now written, and they're like, oh, yeah, And now it's it's a lot of floundering, right? It's a lot of... They still have power. They still have movement and ability, but not over God's people, yeah. not in the way they did, Yep. right? Um, so let's talk about demons and Christians. Can you read there Ephesians 6, 12? I sure can. Ephesians, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, you're, if you're listening to this, and you could be a Christian, you could be a non-Christian, you could be whatever, and you're sitting there going, this sounds like a whole bunch of hogwash, cosmic powers, and mm. like, is this a fiction novel? Is this crazy? Uh, you need to listen to this because this is, this is real. Yes. This is real. And Paul is not saying that as a joke. He's not saying we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. He's not talking like, oh, you know, you got to fight this or that. He's talking about le- a legitimate cosmic battle that it takes place without us even knowing it. Yep. And daily, it is a struggle and a battle. And even as Christians, we need to fight. And that's why he gives us, there in Ephesians, he gives us this whole armor of God. And, we, I mean, it would take us, we could do a whole episode on the armor of God. But maybe we should. Someday. Maybe we should. <laughs> but the whole point is that the armor is for, meant for battle. It's not meant for defense. It's meant for battle. And he even says there's a breastplate of righteousness. He doesn't talk about the back. It's only the front. And if you're a coward, you run, and there's no protection. But if you're a fighter, you fight, and there's protection for your chest. There's a breastplate of righteousness yeah. um, that will, you know, and, and all it goes through all the other things. The next part there is uh, Ephesians four twenty six through twenty seven. He says, "Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil." Or he's, you know, in another translation, "Do not give the devil a foothold." So, how as Christians, you know, there are some Christians who are scared, legitimately mm-hmm. scared about this. Yep. And like we said, you cannot be possessed. You cannot be controlled. If you have the Holy Spirit and if you are a born again Christian, you cannot ever be under demonic, you know, possession, uh-huh. okay? But you can be attacked. Right. And so what do you do? You, sinning gives the devil a foothold. The more you sin and the deeper you fall into that sin, the easier it is for him to oppress you and to attack you, do any of that stuff. Yeah, just, I mean, as a Christian, you know what sin does to you. It's, yeah. It destroys your heart. Like, if, if you've spent any amount of time as a Christian, you know when you fall into sin, it is incredibly destructive yeah it, it takes away all of your desire to go be with the church to read the scripture to pray do all these things that uh, that keep you in tune with your god and it's uh yeah that's yeah. given a full hold for sure so, so sin is the way that christians can be affected by the power of the devil yeah well satan is called the spirit that is now at work so he's working actively working in the sons of disobedience that's ephesians 2 2 
And he's also referred to as the ruler of this world in John 14.30. Elsewhere, he's called the spirit of the power of the air. And so it's this idea that, that I've heard John Piper talk about how there's even this idea that something in the air, if it's not cleansed, if it's not cleaned by the, you know, by righteousness of Christians and not, you know, there's, there's something in the air that even can, can, can bother us, right? And all, all Piper is saying by that is that when you come into the, the sanctuary on Sunday morning and you're with believers and stuff, there are people who bring stuff in with them, right? Sure. Just their baggage and their sin and their cares and worries. And that's why we, we get up there as preachers or pastors and we, we call for, we ask the Holy Spirit to be present, cleanse the air almost, as it were, mm-hmm. of things that would distract us. Because the last thing Satan wants you to do on Sunday morning is to receive the Word of God. Yeah. And that's what, you know, go to read the parable about the sower who throws the seed and see where the seed lands, right? Because last time I checked, one in four lands. <laughs> well, the other three get, get sucked up, right? Mm-hmm. And so Satan doesn't want you to hear the Word of God. Uh, the next part there is Christians who are indwelt with the Holy Spirit can never be possessed. They can come under attack. Uh, sin is the way you give a devil foothold. This is where, as a Christian, you really need to take supernatural things seriously. You really need to read your Bible. You really need to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to know how to resist. So let's talk about, this is the last little bit here. This has been a little bit longer of an episode, but we didn't want to shortchange it. Yep. And we, we felt like people uh, would be interested in this. So uh, if you bear, if you've stayed with us this whole time, thank you. Uh, we're almost done. <laughs> Hopefully you've enjoyed every second. I hope so. I, I've, I've had a good time. Good too. So, uh, so in James 4, 7, uh, it gives us an instruction. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Uh, wearing the full armor of God, the Christian can be ready to combat the devil and demons. Uh, that's, a, yeah. that's a promise from God. Yeah. Resist. And he'll flee. Instruction, and then he will flee. Yeah, it's like it's like the classic bully on the playground, uh-huh. right? the the kid The kids who don't resist are the easiest ones to really wail on. Yeah. But the second you punch him back, mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh man!" You know, either he gets angrier and he like really wails on you, or he does he leaves. And this is the second kind of bullying. And this is the second kind of bullying. This like Satan has so many easy targets in this world. He's not going to bother with those who resist him. Yeah. And it's also a way for him to know who are the elect. And who are not going to be easy targets, right? right. And he's not going to waste his time with people like us who could ju- who would just sit there and fight him tooth and nail. Yeah, he doesn't right. know about the inner confirmation of the spirit. He's no. waiting to see your fruits, and yeah. until you've shown a lot of fruit, there's a chance in his mind that you're still not elect, and he can still yeah. uh, take it out. So I know this sounds uh, this sounds crazy. This is once again you're going to sound like you're going to think we're crazy Christians and we're just kind of bonkers, or whatever. This this is literally how you rebuke. The devil. I've I've heard this is one of my old pastors told me. He said, "You say by the power and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, I rebuke you." Mm-hmm. And what that does is you're appealing to two things. You're appealing to the name that's above every name. You're mm-hmm. appealing to the name of Jesus Christ, which the demon knows. Yes, and he's going to be terrified of that name. And the second thing you're appealing to is the cross. By the blood of Jesus Christ, you're appealing to the blood that was shed for believers, for all those who are God's children. And it's the the Bible says that on the cross is where he subdued the powers of death and Satan forever, yeah. and that is how you're and and you have to say it with words. Like uh, I'm a big proponent of praying out loud mm-hmm. because sometimes if I don't pray out loud, I'll fall asleep while I'm praying. <laughs> but the other thing too is when I pray out loud, uh, I have this wonderful. I, I am feeling like I am like I'm. It's just me and God praying yeah. and talking and like we're having a real conversation. And when you're in your mind, you know it's not like a real conversation. Uh, if you ever seen Fiddler on the Roof, Tevya, mm-hmm. he prays out loud all the time. He's like, God, why are you, you know, what's this happening? And, you know, and, I, and I remember watching that as a kid going, I love that. Yeah. I want to have a conversation with God, with my father. Yeah, some um, of the best prayer time I've ever had is just driving. 
Yeah, and driving, just talking just out loud. Talking out loud. Yeah. It's wonderful. Wayne Grudem said this. I, I really like this quote. He said, like a wise father who does not settle all of his children's disputes for them, but sometimes sends them back out to the playground to settle a dispute for themselves, so our Heavenly Father encourages us to enter directly into conflict with demonic forces in the name of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And so it's almost this idea like if God wanted to stop it all, he could do it right now. Right. Right. He could, he could just and you and, and I'm not saying don't pray for that. Yeah. Like absolutely. If you feel depression or you know, a, a depression or a demonic some sort of oppression, uh pray for that. Yeah. Absolutely pray for that. But he also gives us the ability through the spirit to rebuke it ourselves. Yeah. And to not, you know, I know it's a like like I said, a weird, crazy Christian thing to mm-hmm. walk up to somebody. And, but if you're with other believers, if I'm with Jeremy and I look at him and I say, and he's telling me something, I could, I could go, well, do you do you think this is demonic oppression? Yeah. And hopefully Jeremy wouldn't think I was crazy, especially right. after this conversation. Yeah, that'd be weird. But we could pray together out loud and rebuke it together. And this is a crazy Christian thing, but something would actually happen if that's what it was, yeah. right? Yep. So, so this, I hope by listening to this, it'll do a few things. One, it'll open your eyes a little bit more to help you acknowledge that there is a spiritual battle going on. Two, it'll also give you some great comfort and great hope knowing that as children, as sons and daughters of the Most High King, like we're good. Mm-hmm. we're great right we have power we have the, um, the holy spirit god with us so um the last little things here is angels should we worship them no they say not to yes they say not to. in kind of fear yeah i don't like that yeah and we shouldn't be i know a lot of people who are obsessed with books about angels right and obsessed with books about demons and they just can't get enough of it and you can actually read like books on angels called angel angelology or whatever mm-hmm. angelology and they've made up names for all these angels. They have all these different roles the angels play. And I, and this, I literally have scoured the Bible for this episode. Yeah. And this is all I found. Right. So I don't know where they're getting all this stuff. Yeah, somewhere else. Somewhere else. Okay, somewhere else. And so if they're getting it from somebody else, this is all you need to know. This is what the Bible says. And go read it for yourself because there's a little bit more that obviously we didn't touch on. There's a, Well, there's a lot more we didn't touch on. Yeah, and it all ties together. So you gotta, yeah. you got to see all the strings. If you just are constantly looking at a stitch, you're not going to see the blanket. Like, yeah, there's a lot to it. <laughs> yeah, but with angels, we're on the same team. They're worshiping with us. Yep. They, they're, with, they're with us on Sunday. They're protecting us. They're watching out for us. But we're on the same team. Yep. Part of the Colossian heresy, if you ever read the book of Colossians, there's a heresy going on there. Mm-hmm. And part of that is they're they're trying to seek out angels and ask them advice for things. Yeah. And Paul says, no, 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 don't do that. Don't talk to angels. You don't need to bother them. They don't, you know, they don't mess with you unless they're told to. Don't bother with them. Right. Don't bother with them. They're messengers of God. They're exactly. not their own thing. The next thing is demons don't need to be messed with either. You, we're, we're to fight them if we need to. Mm-hmm. We have power over them. Uh, we need to be spiritually aware and we need to know how to fight them. Yeah. How did Jesus fight this, the devil? Through scripture. Yep. Um, and if you want to know scripture to combat with, go memorize scripture and memorize scriptures that focus around what Christ did on the cross. Yeah, Memorize it. Go memorize those scriptures and memorize the promises of God to us as believers and combat the devil with it. And those would be good for you when you're fighting your flesh or the world. Yeah. Yeah. When you are, when you're having depression or when you're feeling a down day or blue days, I have blue days just like everyone else. Yeah. When you're feeling that, recite scripture back to yourself. Remind yourself of the promises that God has given us as his children, that he loves us. Uh, and as the world goes to hell in a handbasket, I said this earlier, <laughs> world's going to hell in a handbasket and Satan's skipping with it sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, we have we have hope that uh, all of this will be made right. The last little bit there is people in our day and age have a tendency to either over-spiritualize everything or under-spiritualize it. And Jeremy and I are here pleading with you to find a happy medium, right? Yeah. 
find a happy medium. Um, if you live in this world and you think that you know being a Christian is just part of being a club and there's not bigger things happening and stuff, you're you're. I don't want to say foolish, but you're not thinking. You're not using discernment, um, and you're not reading your Bible. Right. You're absolutely not reading. But the last thing Satan wants you to do is to actually believe that he exists. Right. I, I really don't think he wants you to even think he's. I think he wants you to mock God, mock everything that is supernatural, and just believe in straight. You know, down the line, like, oh, this is all silly. For sure. Yeah, for sure. He would much rather be mocked uh, alongside a God who is mocked than to be praised alongside a God who is praised. Exactly. So go read your Bibles. It's go. the best book, It's man. the best. <laughs> read your Bibles. Know the scripture. Um, and don't be, you know, as Halloween approaches, now is, this is the time when people are going to be talking about this stuff. Yep. So know what you believe, why you believe it, and know what God says. And if we can fight alongside angels against demons, the best way we're going to do that is with the gospel. Yeah. With preaching the real gospel to unbelievers and inviting them to Christ. Because then uh, we're building the ranks of those that will be glorified by God. Yeah. Like, that's what Satan fi- fights against. So let's fight against Satan and let's go out and say, this is, the, this is what happened. You know, God created the world, the world, yeah. f- world fell but he provided a rescue plan and a rescuer and that rescuer has accomplished everything. Yeah. And you can, and listen, you can kick the devil in the teeth without yeah. going to your next door neighbor and trying to rebuke them or trying to exercise their daughter. You know, <laughs> you can, you can charge the gates of hell without being uh, a Catholic priest exorcist. Like, don't do that. Please don't do that. Yeah. Just do That's it with, weird. The, with the gospel. Man. Then you will be a weird Christian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The gospel goes hand in hand. The preaching of the gospel is the power of all things, right? It's the yep. power to, to change everything. So. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to the Nerd Gospel Podcast. It's a little bit longer episode. If you enjoyed this and you want to contact us, uh, you can find us on Facebook. Yep. The Nerd Gospel Group there. And you can find our our website, thenerdgospel.com. You can email us there. We're on Google. We're on iTunes. Uh, and Jeremy's pitch is that if you like it, why not star it? I did something weird this right? week that I've never done before. There are two uh, podcasts that I particularly enjoy yep. on a week-to-week basis. And somebody on the podcast was like, hey, don't don't be a freeloader. Don't come yeah. on here and just listen to my thing and then don't put anything to review it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dang, I've been listening to this guy for a year and a half. I've never even thought about it. And going you reviewed review. it. So I did. And it took me about 20 seconds. So if you have 20 seconds of your time, now I know that's asking a lot. If you listen to this and you have 20 seconds of your time, go like our thing. Give us five stars if you think we're worthy of it. Four is the least we'll accept. <laughs> and then, and then uh, drop us a little line, a little thing that you like it or whatnot. If you don't like it, we'll take criticism as well. And so. the purpose of that is not to stroke our egos. It is to uh, try to get this podcast out to more ears so yes. that the gospel can be heard. Gospel? Yep. The gospel. The gospel can be heard. Thanks so much for listening to the Nerd Gospel Podcast. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy. Find some peace tonight. Yeah.